I'm Michelle Broadbent and welcome to your Business Boost podcast. Join me as I take you behind the scenes to show you what it's really like to build a successful business. I'll be sharing practical tools, advice and insights that will change the way you work. So if you're ready to boost your business and your life, let's get started with today's episode. Hello, it's Michelle here. Welcome to today's episode of Your Business Boost Podcast. I am so excited for this conversation. I have had the privilege of experiencing my guest's wisdom firsthand through the incredible work that she does, and I couldn't wait to share her with you. I'm so pleased she agreed to join me. My guest is Vanessa Bennett. She is the CEO and co-founder of Next Evolution Performance. They are an organization that uses neuroscience to help driven business leaders and teams to optimize productivity energy and profitability without the burnout. And like Vanessa and her team, I do not believe that success needs to equal burnout. Sadly, though, this is still an issue with so many women who come into my world. I feel like we are all doing much better. There is definitely an awareness around this subject that probably wasn't around a few years ago when people almost used to wear that burnout as a bit of a badge of honor, like how hard are you working? And this is why I asked Vanessa to come onto your business boost to have a chat because not only has she done all the research, she's got all the intel and the insights, but she also has solutions and she is sharing those with us today. So we go really deep on this subject of energy management and optimization. We talk about just how little cognitive energy we all have per day. So spoiler alert, it's probably a lot less than what you thought it was going to be, but she shares lots of tips on how we can manage and optimize our energy, how important automation, delegation and simplification are for this. So you know that she is a woman after my own heart because they are all things that I advocate for when it comes to boosting your business. So you are going to learn so much from this conversation. So let's get to it. Introducing the very wise Vanessa Bennett. Oh, Vanessa, thank you so much for joining me. I'm so excited for this chat because like you, I do not believe that success needs to equal burnout. But very sadly, I see many broken women limping into my world who have just nothing left in their tank after doing absolutely everything themselves, particularly in those sort of early stages of building their business. So you work with leaders and businesses of all shapes and sizes every day, and I'd love to hear what you see as the biggest contributors to this burnout. Yes, gosh, there's so many things. I could talk for weeks, so I'll try to rein it in a little bit. So Uh, so I think, you know, you mentioned that, you know, people that that just try to do everything and you just can't, you know, and, and there's no point to doing that. So it takes a lot less energy. We always work on this concept of cognitive 
energy. And Mm -hmm. if I take it a step back, the only reason people get burnt out is because they overspend cognitive energy. Okay. It's, It's actually that simple. However, why people overspend cognitive energy and how they overspend cognitive energy, well, there is a lot to unpack there. <laughs> I want to go there with you. I really do. So what is cognitive energy? Yeah, absolutely. So basically it's the energy, um, think about it as like mental energy. Yeah. So it's okay. like the resources that we have in our brains that we use uh, to make decisions, analytical thinking, learn how to do stuff, memory, all of this kind of stuff, we need to have that cognitive energy. Like your brain is metabolically hungry, takes in about 25% of the food we take into our body. I wow. know, right? Yeah. 25% <laughs> just yeah. so for all of our decision-making, yes. it's chewing up all of that, that. I love it, the food. Exactly. <laughs> so we just spend so much cognitive energy that we don't have to and it can go from anywhere like trying to do everything Mm -hmm. um, obviously and the thing is we use less cognitive energy doing things that we love and doing things I guess that kind of come natural to us and that are kind of our superpowers like your brain um, if you've got more what we call neural wiring so your brain's like a muscle and the more that you work it on things that you love the stronger that path get so the easier and the less cognitive energy that takes so when I see people trying to do literally everything in their business I'm like not everything is your superpower so you know understand that you're very capable at many things um, but let's try to really focus on what are your superpowers how do we make sure that we don't have to do anything that's not our superpowers and so I think at a very high level yeah that's a great place to start then we can obviously get more granular on how do we structure our days, our mindset, all of this kind of stuff, which then goes into how do we optimise that cognitive energy. And the biggest thing about optimising cognitive energy is people are always like, how do I get more of it? And I'm like, stop spending it yes. unnecessarily. That's the trick. Yeah. play. I mean, I know you now, but back when you, so I guess maybe for the listener's benefit to talk about like where you came from and how you came into this work. Yeah. Well, I, I started to do this kind of a little bit intuitively. So I'm a corporate girl. So I had big, crazy jobs. I was head of sales in funds management for a global funds management company for Australia and New Zealand. Um, I worked at Macquarie Bank, like, you know, I've, I've, I've had the big jobs. And I've also always taught fitness classes on top of my big, crazy job, (laughs) and which I always thought was something that I would just do for fun during my university. And well, you know, hey, we're still here, but um, still teaching a few classes a week. (laughs) But the whole idea was it's like I really had to make sure that I was focused on my output because um, my employers weren't going to be too excited if I was running off teaching all these classes and I wasn't doing the work that they were paying me to do. So I just had to be really organized. I had to really make sure that I wasn't, you know, outsourced as much as I possibly could, especially in in life. Mm -hmm. And I just had to make sure that I was only just doing the the right things that got results. And I I guess I kind of grew up learning this, especially in sales, like in sales, right? It's a very easy KPI. You've got one number and you've got 12 months, sort that out. Yeah. I am also, I love results. I'm the most results-driven person I know, Um, Mm -hmm. but I'm also probably inherently one of the laziest people I know. So (laughs) 
<laughs> so I'm all about how do we do it easier? Yeah. If I can get those results, how do I do it easier? Or in my term, like I like to say, how do I do it lazier? Not everyone loves yeah. that, but that works for me. Yeah. So that's what mm-hmm. I'll roll with. And so I kind of kept having to figure this out, but we didn't have the science back then to work it out right. And I guess yeah. if I look back at it, I was trying to manage my energy very well. And I guess by working in the fitness industry, we are all about knowing how to manage our energy. Mm-hmm. Um, and we get a lot of information on that um, in the athletic fields before the corporates get it. So I guess I was quite privy to that as that was coming out. But, you know, we didn't really start you know, sticking people in MRI machines to kind of really study this cognitive energy piece really properly for probably sort of, you know, a lot of has come out of the last 10 years and yeah, um, and even more in the last five and it'll be exponentially more after that. So yeah. um, we just follow the research now, but I think that was probably my thing. I think in 2012 when I started doing this, I yeah. knew that I wanted to, because when you're leading a high-performing team, it's like I needed to make sure that my team wasn't getting burnt out, especially during the global financial crisis. Yes. So I kind of even wrote that into my KPIs, you know, keep my team healthy with the right mindset, not yeah. burnt out, et cetera, because I wasn't going to be allowed to replace anyone. And how really. did that go down? Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. I, really interesting because this would have been, so you said 2012, right? Yes. This would have been very groundbreaking new. stuff yes. back then. How how did you get the, the corporate peeps on board with this? Uh, I just put it in and I refused to take it out. <laughs> love you. <laughs> I love you. That's so good because you knew and I guess you knew what like the, the, the actual impact was going to be and it's just like watch me prove it. Yeah, exactly. And I yeah. think, again, with sales, like it's a very tangible KPI. So mm-hmm. I'm sure the amount of times I've said in my career, if this doesn't work, sack me. Like <laughs> I can't even, I, I could probably own an island for every time I've said that. You, uh-huh. know? <laughs> so you backed yourself. Yeah. I just backed myself on that. Yeah. And I think I had a bit more of this in um, this intuitively, but also thanks to the fitness industry, which not everyone had. So, yeah. um, so I guess I was pretty sure I was on something. And even when 2012 came along, I went, you know what? I'm pretty sure I'm onto something here as well. I think more people need help. I was seeing more people get burnt out. Not that even that was defined back yeah, then. Yeah. Um, but I saw people getting sick and I thought, you know what, this, it shouldn't be this way. Like work shouldn't be hard. Like if work's really hard, I always had the idea of like, well, you're doing it wrong. Like, <laughs> so you know, if it's really hard, we have to make some changes and we have to do it easier. And I've always had that belief, mm. um, sometimes to the point where I've had some robust discussions with people more senior than me who didn't yeah. think I was taking things quite seriously, but I was getting results. So, yes. again, you know, let's let the results talk for themselves. Yes. So I guess kind of like that was the evidence that, you know, most people think that working hard and having it feel hard equates to success and productivity. Whereas I was always like, no, if I can get that without making it look like it's really hard and without it feeling really hard, isn't that a better way of doing things? So that's just been kind of my way philosophically. I've very much had robust discussions in my time (laughs) around that, but thankfully now we have a bucket load of neuroscience on my side. So those discussions Mm -hmm. are, you know, a little less robust. Now it's like, well, how do we do it then? How do we do it? So yeah. How, yeah, so how do we do it, Ness? Like yeah. really, like, you know, we, t- we talk about this, but I'm sure unintentionally we are just draining our energy bucket 
what can we do here? Like as business owners, as you know, all the roles that we perform in our lives, what can we do about this? Mm, absolutely. So I think the first thing is, is to realize that most people try to manage time and it's not time that's the issue. Everyone has the same I love of hours. this. <laughs> I love this. Yes. You know, I mean, like I, I do, uh, and, and, you know, I know you are too, like time, time we're, we're, you know, we are time people, but it's actually not time management. It's energy management, right? Yeah, yeah. that's right. So think about it. We call them energy credits. We say, right, yeah. imagine you, everything's going well and you've got a hundred energy credits in a day. Mm-hmm. Now let's imagine these are little nuggets of gold. And you wouldn't be giving those away without being really sure on where you were investing them. So let's make sure that we treat our energy as little nuggets of gold. So I think the first thing is, is making sure that you're just working on your superpowers. That's it. So outsource everything else because mm-hmm. what you don't like or what is your not your superpower, someone else will love that and that will be their oh, superpower. It's someone else's. Yes. This is yes. you are singing to the choir here because <laughs> this is something I talk to people because it does, it takes so much more effort to do something that we are just no, you know, we're just not good at. But yet, the you know, there's someone at the end of an email or, you know, someone that's connected to someone that you're connected to who can, who that thing is their superpower and it energizes them by doing it. Yes, exactly. Like, um, you know, my, my assistant, basically oh, captain of logistics called Karen. Karen. She, you is know, like I, the, she is an actual unicorn. I talk oh. about unicorns. But she is one. <laughs> she is. She's amazing. <laughs> she's amazing. And when I look at her job description, I was like, oh, my gosh, that's like, mm. that would just be awful. But Your it's idea stuff. of hell, but it's yeah. like she loves it. Yes. That's right. And she mm. just bosses me around and tells me what to do and it's fantastic. <laughs> um, she's great. And so, you know, it, it doesn't matter what it is in your business that you need. You just need to write down everything that is not floating your boat Mm -hmm. and write that down. And it could be one person that does those. It could be a mix of five people that do those and you outsource different bits. Like we've got one guy in our business who just proofreads. That's it. Just proofreads. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's his side hustle. He has a full-time job, but he loves it. He loves our business. He loves what we do. So he's like, oh, yeah, I want to sit here and proofread your blogs. I'm like, again, oh, my gosh, that sounds awful. But he loves it. So, you know, it's about finding things that, you know, you really need to focus on um, what are your superpowers and then also get really clear on your goals. So it's like if you're not clear on what your goals are and where you want to get to, well, then how do you know that you're going to be working on the activities that really turn the dial on that? So I think that's Mm -hmm. kind of the high-level stuff. Yeah. And then um, we want to look at what can we automate? What can we outsource? What can we redirect to other people? What can we simplify? Um, Every minute of every day asking ourselves, can I do this easier? Can Mm. I do it lazier? Should I be doing this? Can I template it? Am I going to do it again? Okay. How do I create a template? Yes. It's about working out ways that we can use as little cognitive energy as possible just by getting stuff done and systems and processes yeah then we also have things like how do we structure our days better so we've got four hours a day roughly available for heavy cognitive work that's what neuroscience indicates right okay so can you just you know like I'm a six-year-old define like heavy cognitive work what would fall under that umbrella yeah great question depends on the person depends on the person okay okay (laughs) 
So, um, for example, we might see that some people in their businesses, if they um, if they're not from a sales background, for example, yep. they might find that doing follow up calls for clients or prospect prospective clients is quite heavy for them. Yeah, are they still the best person to do it? Arguably, yes. Mm-hmm. All right, and yes. so it might just be well. If it's not able to be outsourced and if you are still technically the person that is probably best to do that, well, then making sure that you're matching the time that you do that to the time when you have that cognitive energy available. Because if you hate it and you keep procrastinating and you go, I'll do it at the end of the day, then you're out of cognitive energy. You don't want to do it anyway, you know, and then rinse, repeat, you don't do it. So um, we need to understand our four hours of power. And then how do we make sure that something that we find is a little harder is something that we do during that time. Now, ideally, you don't have four hours of heavy work to do. That that is the nirvana. Okay, Okay, right. So that's where we want to get to. But if you did have it, like I still might have, you know, maybe a couple of hours a week that I need to do that's heavy that I really do need to be the one that does it. Yeah. Um, And so how do we make sure that I'm doing that at the right time of the day? Mm -hmm. And then I also need to break it down. So say it's a 90-minute task. Um, my attention span is about or, and what we call our natural pace, yep. um, natural focus time, natural attention span, whatever you want to call it. Mine is about 30 minutes. So there's okay. no point me ever sitting down to try to do a heavy task for 90 minutes. That right. is just a stupid waste of energy credits for me. Mm-hmm. So I might do 30 minutes a day. I might break that down into three 30-minute subtasks. Yep. And I might do that for 30 minutes a day, or I might sort of do 30 minutes and then go and do something else that's more energizing, then come back and do 30 minutes. So it's just little things like how do we structure that? And we've got a pace indicator that we can help people measure what their natural attention span and their natural focus time is, and also what are they currently doing? So uh, what is the disconnect? What's the gap? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And if there's a big gap, then yeah. they are absolutely wasting energy credits they're just bleeding it and they should be doing things in less time with less effort so that's you know another one of those things another way that we see people draining energy just by um how they're doing things through the day is this concept we call continuous partial attention okay and that is where think of it as like multitasking but it's like multitasking on steroids and it's just gotten worse yeah so it's like you know, you're in a, you could be in, say, a Zoom meeting. Yep. Um, and more of a passive participant than an active participant mm-hmm. um, in some cases. So, you know, if you're sitting there, you're doing that. And then you might have your phone and therefore that's notifying you of different things. Yep. Um, Microsoft Teams is the worst for this because you're on a video call at the same time as you've got emails coming in. It's uh, yeah. just yeah. insane. And yeah. so you've got people like half trying to work out what's going on in their email. They've got notifications on their phone. Um, they're thinking about what they're having for dinner. And then some person turns their camera off. They're like, oh, I wonder why that person turns their camera off. Yeah. Yes. So <laughs> you've got like 89 different things that someone's trying to focus on. And um, what that does is it decreases our our energy really quickly. It's like you've got your bucket of energy credits and your bucket just sprung a leak and you don't even realize. So it's draining energy. It is also draining your productivity so that if you were to do all of those tasks separately and add them up, they would take way less time than if you're trying to do them all at the same time. Yeah. And not only that, you're more prone to more mistakes. Yeah. So the accuracy goes down 
Mm-hmm. Your productivity goes down, i.e. the time it takes you to do them effectively goes up mm-hmm. and it drains your energy. So you are just bleeding energy credits left, right and centre. So it. all of those things, um, it just, you know, I mean, even, even the neuroscience studies show that um, this was really done like trying to multitask just two tasks at a time. And these yeah. days people are trying to do like 89 things at a time um, and then wondering why they're exhausted. So yeah. I think that's another big thing as well. It's like it, how often you switch tasks does depend on your natural attention span. So I can't yeah. say that everyone should focus for a certain period of time. Yeah. Neuroscience says it's about 45 minutes, but that's average and that's made up of people with really long and really short attention spans. So I just yes. don't worry about that. I think yeah. it's like, you know, work your natural attention span. Um, but but the but the important thing is is that you just focus on one thing at a time. I'm less worried about the time that you focus on something. I'm more worried about the intensity of the focus on oh, one thing focus. that you yeah. have. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Because that will, you know, that doesn't dra- drain our energy, especially if it's something in our superpowers. Yes. Because, yeah. yeah. That's right. Because then we're yeah. really focused on all of that. So that's kind of like the structural kind of things. And then, of yeah. course, we've got the mindset side of things. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, we've got a lot of people who when they're working, they feel like they should be with their family. There's guilt. Guilt is just a wasted emotion as far as energy credits goes. Like you can't mm-hmm. do anything about it. Um, you, you either do something about the situation or you don't and you move on. Like yeah. feeling guilty is just a waste of energy credits. Feeling angry, feeling frustrated, um, all of those kind of things, a complete waste of energy credits. Yeah. So we want to go more into, um, you know, problem-solving mold and how do we go, well, that's a sucky situation, but what's our way forward? Mm-hmm. So, um, and there's a lot of things that goes on, um, you know, in business that can just drain energy from an emotional side of things yeah. um then if you've got a bigger team and now you start to well, not even a big team but you've got mm-hmm. a team you know if you've got issues with like people not being accountable and people are not getting stuff done by the time they said they were going to get it done by people are spending too much time in internal meetings you know all of these kind of things are yeah. just bleeding energy credits left right and center for a whole team yeah can i i i I was thinking about this as you were talking about team there. Um, like, is it right for us to go, well, someone is actually like bleeding my energy or is it like we should be taking responsibility for our own energy? Like how do we manage this as leaders? Great question. And you've just certainly opened a can of worms there in terms of this concept of what we call psychosocial hazards right. in the workplace. Now, the thing is, um, I I am a very big believer in accountability. Okay. Like, you know, this whole idea of I'm really tired, it's my boss's fault. It just makes yes. me want to just Or I'm thinking someone. to like the parents, the parents <laughs> yes. that are listening, the carers, People, you know, like, you know, not just the the humans in our business, but all the other humans that impact our energy. That's right. Exactly. So we can we can definitely have our energy drained by other people. I mean, it's a classic, like, you know, you, you, you've got some people in your circle who, who just lift you up and give you energy when you spend 15 minutes with them. And you've got other people in your circle who 15 minutes later, you're like, oh my gosh, kill me now. That's like 30 of my energy credits gone for the day. So So I think, you know, but again, how do we take responsibility around that? Mm. How do we go, you know, what these interactions are not really serving me. So there's a lot of things that we can do with our lives outside of work to help us to um, set boundaries, manage those energy credits, make sure that people don't suck 
the life out of us. So I think I'm a, I'm a very big believer in accountability and taking responsibility for making changes that you need to in yeah. order to conserve your energy credits. And it was really interesting. I had one um, one client. This is actually a really big blue chip company and a um, whole bunch of engineers. So, you know, you doing leadership training on this kind of stuff and talking about energy credits and um, they love it because it's all based on neuroscience. Neuroscience, yeah. But it was really interesting. One of them came back um, the second day after the workshop. We were doing one-to-one coaching after we'd done the workshop on the first day. And he and he's very, very senior. And he said to me, I had no concept of how much um, this issue that's going, we've got a family issue going on and it's draining my wife's and I energy. Um, their marriage was fine, but it was going on with their family. Yeah, yeah. And he said, I talked about this concept of energy credits with my wife last night and we made some really good decisions that's going to help us move forward. And he's coming to work the next day going, I can't believe how much lighter and I can't believe how much energy that was taking away from me doing my job. There was a concept called work-life stress spillover. Right. And it goes both ways. So if you're yeah. stressed about something yeah. outside of work, it'll affect inside of work. Mm-hmm. If you're stressed about something inside of work, it, it'll flow into outside of work. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we need to be able to help people to just kind of manage their lives better, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, as leaders, it is in our best interests to, even if we're not, you know, going and being the counsellor kind of thing, it's still, you know, how do we teach these principles so that people can save a lot of energy credits outside of work which means it'll make life easier inside of work and then that comes to sorry we're a very long roundabout way of no saying that's i love who's this. got responsibility but yeah. you know in the workplace mm-hmm. it's both responsibility so you know that whole i'm really tired it's my boss's fault like i just want to scream at someone when they say that like i know that sounds terrible but it's yeah. it's like Really? And what are you doing to help yeah. the situation? Be a grown-up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Be a grown-up about this. Yeah. You know, like, did you communicate your workload? Did you um, come up with ways of doing things lazier? Did you, you know, were you on the front foot? But then having said that, we also need to make sure that leaders are providing the environment that people feel safe to do that. So we've got psychological yes. safety. And we've also got accountability. Like, you know, if your team's really tired and you haven't, understood cognitive energy and you haven't coached them on how to save cognitive energy if you haven't coached them on how to make meetings more effective if you haven't coached them on um you know the outcomes that they should be um receiving from you as a leader and all of these kind of things that we talk about with our clients um if you haven't coached them on that then you haven't taken responsibility to do your bit now if you coach them on that then obviously it's their responsibility to implement this and thanks to some legislation coming out of um, Queensland around psychosocial hazards um, there's actually and this is the start of things to come um, but psychosocial hazards have now been um, explained in a little more with a little more clarity so to include um, uh, sort of workload that is above expectations or you haven't coached someone on how to do it easier it's Mm -hmm. um, a workload that might lead to burnout, but it's also things like not having role clarity. The amount yeah. of leaders that I see who haven't really been explicit around role clarity or they haven't been explicit around the culture around here. How many times do you start a new job and it's like, yeah. I have to like navigate the culture. Well, yeah. you know what? Create a one pager. This yeah. is it. This is how we roll. 
this is how we roll. This is the way things are done around here. Yeah. That's right. So if you do all of that up front, you take away the ambiguity because that's another thing. Any ambiguity, the brain hates it and the brain goes into overdrive to try to make sense of that and therefore, again, bleeds energy credits. So as a leader, take out the ambiguity. This is how we roll in Zoom meetings. This is how we do meetings. This is how we don't do meetings. This is how, like, just be really explicit, put it out there and and people can do their best work. And I'm imagining that that ambiguity has amplified with the with the onslaught of like more virtual working as well. You know, like not everyone is physically sitting together to, you know, monkey see, monkey do, seeing the way that we roll around here. It's like, oh, did I not send you that thing to explain this? So it, I'm sure you're probably seeing that amplified yeah so much we're seeing very big issues with workflow like how are people actually getting stuff done because you can't kind of overhear that someone's working on that Mm, or whatever Mm -hmm. so we've got more ambiguity with that so we've got to over communicate which means we've got more meetings which means more meetings are less effective and therefore people can't work on their heavy stuff during the heavy time because they're stuck in a boring meeting um and so you've got all of this you know sort of slow on effect that's happening but even just basic stuff like we've got ambiguity because we're not sitting in the same room you know if we're all sitting in the same room and someone walks in the door we all look at that we all know what's going on our brain doesn't need to process that because it's got that information and it doesn't have to make sense of that it's really obvious whereas if you're sitting in a zoom meeting with say five people and then someone looks that way you don't know if they're really bored you yep. offended them unknowingly um, or a kid's just walked in or a dog's just thrown up. Like, yes. And so yes. therefore <laughs> four other people are also trying to focus on the conversation, but they're also having this back chatter in their brain around what just happened there or if someone switches yes. their camera off. It's like, well, where did yes. that person go? And so it's all of these kind of things which are draining energy. So there is definitely a way um, that, you know, we help a lot of people not just with cognitive energy generally but in a hybrid environment to yes. really make sure that, Zoom fatigue doesn't happen. And I think I really feel sorry for Zoom because they are the least fatiguing platform out there and yep. they get a bad rap. Yeah. So, but the, and it's, it's catch all, isn't it? Like you exactly. don't go Google Meets fatigue or yeah. the Microsoft Teams <laughs> fatigue. It's just Zoom. Like it's, yeah. I know. And I feel sorry yeah. for them because they, yeah. you know, functionality wise, like they're such a great platform. Um, yeah. But it's this whole idea of like it's, it's kind of online fatigue. And yeah. And it doesn't have to be a thing. And again, it's an excuse. I'm really tired because I'm on Zoom. Well, have you coached people how not to be tired on Zoom? Mm. Have you um, have you tried to find out how not to be tired on Zoom? You know, yeah. like there's just a lack of accountability. And I've always been pretty, you know, pretty sort of, I guess, kind of unimpressed by a general level of accountability that's out there. But I think over the pandemic, People's yeah. level of accountability is just an all-time embarrassing low for the human race. Yeah. So we need to pick that back up again. Yeah. And yeah, and I think, yeah, coming back to what you said about, you know, taking, you know, keeping our own side of the street clean, taking responsibility for ourselves. So if, you know, people are listening to this and going, I okay, I, I, I want to do something, like I want to take action here. I recognise that I am not operating at a sustainable level. Other areas of my life are compromised. What, is, what are some really like sort of simple steps, maybe some systems, something that we could, that we could kind of start to integrate or do some action? I love to give the listeners action that we could start doing today. 
Mm. I think the first thing is recognizing that your energy is not the same over the course of the day. Mm-hmm. So, um, so be easy on yourself on that, but yeah. stop trying to think about, oh, that task will only take me 15 minutes and therefore <laughs> I will do that. Oh, uh, yes. If that task takes 30 <laughs> of your energy credits, mm-hmm. like you do that three times and you're all out of juice by 10 a.m. Yes. So that just makes no sense. So we need to make sure that we don't think about time. We think about how much energy is this taking mm-hmm. and then really quickly work out what can be outsourced in some way, shape or form yeah. and then make sure that you're working on anything that feels a bit heavy for you during your hours of power. Now, yeah. obviously, there's that's a great way to get you started and I think also switch off notifications so that you are not in this idea of like I am constantly having my attention taken 89 different ways so they're just some really really quick things yeah they're great with people we you know we really go deep on that and and if we can you know out of our coaching programs we really hope to get people an extra two to three hours of effective time per day wow per day Mm -hmm. oh that's awesome that's mm-hmm. so good. So, <laughs> and you've got to, so you talked about your, the optimal hours of power. Yeah. You, if you've got a tool for us to like be able to establish that so that we can yeah. share with people. We do. That's right. Yeah. So, um, so we give people access to that. So we've actually, what, what has been um, really popular um, is sometimes people just want that bit, you know, yeah. they're like, Oh, I, I actually don't think I'm doing that. Well, maybe that is the one lever that I can use that's really going to turn the dial and so what we've started doing um, with that is just a very simple half an hour coaching pro coach, coaching session yep. once they've done the indicator so I have their results first yeah um, and then we can actually unpack in that and we can give them some really great tips in a coaching space around hey here's the neuroscience as to what's happening in your brain around this yeah okay, what are some ways that you might apply this because you can't kind of put just a slide up and go everyone do this yes everyone do this because everyone would be different yeah, exactly right? yeah, no yeah. no two brains are the same yes. and yep. no two situations yep. are the same so yeah. we're trying to apply this to your situation mm. your work and life situation yeah um, and so um so that's actually been really popular so if people that's want to do that um super cost effective and we can do it that way we've also got online courses which people can look at to take them through a number of the different levers that we've got um, to really help people with this because we we absolutely believe that everyone deserves to have access to this it breaks my heart when I see people just exhausted and it's just because they don't know that like they don't know how to do things differently a lot of people they just have the belief system as well, right? Like we, and that's a whole other topic for a podcast. We can do that another time. Yeah. <laughs> but if we've got this belief system that work is supposed to be hard and it's supposed to feel hard, then yeah. you know what? It's going to. Yeah. And so we need to change our mindset around that. And so if we can help people with great evidence around, hey, we can be really effective without having it feel really hard. You know, I want I want the world to know how to do that. The world, and that's, you know, I mean, you know, I'm not reaching the world here, but it is such a huge reason why I wanted you on here because listening to you speak and, I've you know, I've listened to you a couple of times, like what you share, it is vital. And I think for so many people when they start um, out and they start their own business, one of the reasons is because they want freedom, they want flexibility, and yet 
they work and operate in a way that goes completely against that. But with awareness of, of you know, the work that you're doing and, and, you know, in a more sort of personalized way, they can then work out how to optimize the, you know, the energy and, and, and you know, therefore their time. And so, yeah, I just think it's absolutely fascinating and it's so important. And I just love that it is really coming into like, you know, the, the vernacular, like it's just, it's part of our lives now, as opposed to being this thing that, no one really knew about it while we were all madly doing the um, priority management courses in, uh, oh, remember those priority oh, management um, stationery, <laughs> like that That was what we all got pushed through in, you know, yeah. back in the 90s and, you know, it was all about time management. No one gave a shit about your energy. No one gave a shit about like working with your natural state. And I think that's one of the bonuses of having your own business is that once you know when that right, you know, those power hours are, it's a lot easier for us to incorporate that into our lives because we've got a little bit more control. It really is. And I see Mm. a lot of small businesses waste a lot of money in this, right? Because Mm. as they grow, I mean, think about it. If you can get an extra, if you can learn how to do this from a leadership perspective, so it's like the role clarity and setting up your culture indicators and all that kind of stuff. If you can end up getting an extra two hours of more effective time per person in your business, that's like for every fourth person you were going to hire, you get an extra person for free. For free. For so- free. I'm just thinking of all the, you know, the man slash woman hours that tallies up to. Exactly. And yeah, exactly. You, know, you, you talk about energy leaks, but I'm going, well, there's massive money leaks there as well. From, massive. Yeah. Oh. Massive. And it's so heartbreaking, you know, because I mean, whatever salary you're going to pay someone, you know, I had one of my clients who, you know, she had a people a business of about nine people and we really got onto this energy side of things. We worked out we didn't have the right people in the right roles. So she ended up um, with seven people. Two of the people ended up stepping up into some revenue producing roles um, that probably should have been doing it in the first place. So, mm-hmm. And she ended up increasing her profitability by 50% per month. Wow. That's hectic. And, and not only that, and that was profitability. Um, sorry, that was that was revenue. Yeah, and she ended up saving uh, two hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year in salaries. Wow! Like it is. This is dollars. This is yeah. not just yeah. oh, this is going to make us all feel really great. Like right. these are really this is significant money that even small businesses mm. just bleed. Yeah. And I always yeah. say, energy is your mm. currency. Those energy credits. Yeah. That is your currency. And if you don't know how to invest those, you are going to be bleeding not just energy, but you are going to be bleeding revenue and profitability, expenses, all just out the window. Amazing. That's absolutely fascinating, Vanessa. I could honestly, I could listen to you talk about this all day. It is just, I find it amazing. Can we just talk just very briefly about your business? Because I would love to know um, what the most impactful things you've done as a business owner to boost your business. Mm, absolutely. So um, so very much outsource as yes. much as you can and as quickly you are, as possible. Yeah, I, you're like my shiny example of, <laughs> of, an, of an outsourcer because you've, you know, you've outsourced to the, the right people. Like you're not even interested in trying to be them you know your superpowers you know theirs and you are you are the queen of this stuff I love it 
Yeah. So I think that's a big one. And even if I, if I look back, I would probably have outsourced earlier mm-hmm. if I had my time again. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I think if you don't think that you can afford it, do it, do it anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, it'll just free up so much capacity that, you know, the revenue gains will definitely come from that. Um, and then systems and processes as well, you know, it's still templating things. We have a lot of things that we've got set up as good templates, but we, that only gets us 50 to 70% of the way there. We still personalize it. Everything that we do is tailored for our clients, um, especially for our larger projects. So, um, you know, we can't just have everything completely off the shelf, but we have productized. We've got something like eight half day off the shelf workshops yeah. that we have, and we've got keynotes for all of those. And so that's what we have that's off the shelf. Obviously, we do things that are tailored, um, mm-hmm. but that's just a way that we've kind of productized things. So, you know, we know exactly um, how we can deliver as a starting point. Um, yeah. And sometimes that's all people need. Some people just yeah. want a few of those half day yeah. workshops um, yeah. for their teams. Um, and so, yeah, so we've, we've done a lot of streamlining with that as well, which has been really useful and we don't take ourselves too seriously. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, so Ness, I ask all of my guests to share something with our listeners that they've read, watched, listened to, or experienced that will give our listeners life or business a boost. Um, so what would you like to share with us? Well, I won't go into detail on any of the 4,000 neuroscience research papers that I've read, but um, <laughs> from a book perspective, I really love um, Ryan Holiday. He, he, one of the first books I read of his was The Obstacle is the Way. So very much about mindset and accountability. You know, 10% of people um, will view something that's not ideal as an opportunity, whereas 90% of people will view it as an obstacle. Um, uh-huh. And so I really love that concept. Anyway, the, the next book that I'm reading of his now is called Stillness is the Key. Oh. Basically, our brains need to be still. And he's got some great, he's, you know, he's not a neuroscientist or anything, but he's he's a journalist. So he's yep. really good at, you know, doing research on research, um, yeah. history and what's yep. what's happened and things like that. So, yep. um, you know, he's got some great, uh, great things included in that book where it's like your brain needs to be still. If you have this urge that like you can't be bored for, for even five seconds in a lift without looking at your phone, um, yeah. you know, your dopamine receptors are severely impacted and it's time to change because, you know, that's even, it's it's impairing your productivity, it's impairing your strategic thinking, your creative thinking, um, it's impeding your energy and um, really kind of messing up your whole dopamine system um, and it's even changing the way that we breathe to mirror the effects of sleep apnea. I didn't learn that from his book, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's just an example of, you know, we need to be really still um, and we need to, you know, learn this idea of even if it's not meditation per se because that that actually doesn't necessarily work for everyone that's a whole mm. topic mm. um but just this idea of like not trying to feed our brains with three forms of stimulation all at the one time like catch the lift without looking at your phone yeah. and just use that as a baby step yeah fascinating thank you i'll put that in the show notes and i will put that on my reading list that sounds amazing are you reading it or are you listening to it i'm reading, I reading books it. yeah because yeah. it's really like i don't li- i i I do listen to podcasts when I'm walking, but even mm-hmm. still, it's because I walk to and to and from walk walk work normally. Yeah. Um, but even still, I don't listen to podcasts in all of my walks. There's yes. plenty of my walks where I just go. Today, my brain just needs to be still mm-hmm. 
on my walk. And that's when I get heaps of great ideas. Great ideas. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. Same, same. Um, Vanessa, you've been amazing. Thank you so much for all that you have shared today. Where can our listeners connect with you after this conversation? Yes. Well, we've got, uh, we've got two websites. We've got nextevolutionperformance.com and then we've got our online training platform uh, where we've got one of our courses, the neuroscience of getting more done. That is on nextevolutionenergy.com and you can access that via nextevolutionperformance.com. And I'm also very easy to stalk on LinkedIn, which is my main platform. I post a lot of uh, really great free content on that as well. So um, yeah, so come along and play. We also have on the first of every month, we have what we call our 2020 series uh, at 11 o'clock Sydney time. Uh, We have four of us coaches riffing about a topic for 20 minutes and then we have another 20 minutes of people being able to ask us questions live if you can't make the live session you can register and get the recording for 30 days um, totally free and it's just a really great way for people to connect with us see what we're talking about and uh, and ask any questions of us live amazing that's so cool i will put links to all of that in the show notes vanessa thank you so much for today i've loved talking to you Thanks so much for having me, Michelle. We could talk for hours. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. It's been a pleasure.